an exciting day this is. Today we get to follow the instructions of our Lord and Savior as He said, Go into all the world, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today that's what we celebrate. We celebrate new life in Christ. I am ready to be baptized and live the life that the Lord wants for me. I see the importance of having Jesus in my life. I want to commit my life to Jesus. And I pray that you find your strength, your freedom, and your peace in Him. The Bible says Jesus loves me and died for me. Getting baptized will be like starting a new life, a life where I will walk with the Lord. Baptism has changed throughout centuries. It's been done in rivers, lakes, swimming pools, baptistries, immersion, sprinkling. But it's all based on a confession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and a dedication to allowing Him to change our lives. Baptism means to me that I am one of God's children. I think committing my life to Jesus and getting baptized is one of the best decisions that I am ever going to make. I get to see great things for you. It brings me great joy to see our kids take the next step in their faith. You show what Jesus' love is all about. God is proud of you and we are too. about you but those baptisms were absolutely moving and in many ways they depict the point behind this new series that I'm entitling unshakable so happy that you guys have joined us today uh, and what a wonderful thing to see when two people turn their total lives over to God God Almighty who we know through his son Jesus Christ in an act of baptism that is just the bomb listen this is an important series that I'm prepared to teach called unshakable so this will be a great time for you to push that share button go ahead while I'm talking if you're on Facebook push the share button uh, or share the link to our webpage with your family with your friends you gonna want them to know this because this this series is really about how do we build uh, into our lives uh, those key ingredients that will make us unshakable as we go through incredibly difficult and painful days in our lives. You don't want to miss this message. Now, let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We believe this is a moment that you have ordained. Whenever the person is listening to this message on the other side, you have orchestrated it. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, listen, let's get uh, started with this message. Uh, our text comes from Psalm 62, the first couple of verses. Listen to the psalmist as he talks to all of us about his interior life. Here's what he writes. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation and my fortress. Well, I will never be shaken. Can you say unshakable? Unshakable. Type that in the chat, will you? Unshakable. 
Well, here's a question that I've heard asked a hundred different ways over the course of the last six months. It's simply this. Is the world coming to an end? Now listen, some of you, if you haven't asked it, you've thought it. So either if you have either asked it or thought it, just raise your hand. <laughs> Can you just simply type in the chat, uh, that's me, that's me, that me. Is the world coming to an end? So some of you might be standing up on a wall. You was just going to pop into the room, see a little bit of this and move on out. Grab a seat. You're gonna wanna, you don't want to miss what I'm about to say here. Jesus got an answer to the question, is the world coming to an end in this moment? Luke chapter 21. Here's what we find Jesus saying as he's replying to a similar situation. He, 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 here's what he says. Don't let anyone, pay attention now, mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and saying the time has come, meaning the end of the world. But, listen up, don't believe them. And when you hear of wars and insurrections, like we've heard of some potential insurrections just a few days ago, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first. But the end won't follow immediately. It's it's not going to happen tomorrow, right? Then he adds... Nations will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be, everybody shout, great, great. That means of a global proportion, earthquakes, and there will be famines and plagues and in many different lands. We'll all know about it across the globe. And there will be, watch this, terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. And it might unnerve you. Uh, it might unsettle you. It might cause you to be frightened from time to time. But ultimately, Jesus is declaring in this teaching, and I want you to hear me say it to you, he's, it, be unshakable. Unnerved? Okay. Unsettled? Yes. Unshakable. That's what you want. You want to have that internal spiritual capacity that allows you to be unshakable. Now, listen, I've been pastoring for nearly 30 years and I have walked with people through all kinds of things. So here's what I can tell you. You know, is the world about to come to the end, uh, to an end um, in the near future? (laughs) Probably not. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Uh, Is it possible that things are going to get worse and more challenging and more difficult, especially for those of us in the West and in America, we're used to a certain standard of living? Probably yes. Uh, but here's what I know to be the case. Whatever your determination of what's happening globally, here's what's true about your life. And I just know this from passion for 30 years. When bad things happen to you, and when bad things happen to me, it can feel like the end of the world. I'm thinking about two mothers right now who I knew uh, many years ago. They were part of my ministry in Boston, and I still know them. They're amazing Jesus followers. At different points over the course of a 17-year journey uh, there in Boston, each of these mothers lost children who were murdered, cold blood. One lost a son that way. The other lost a daughter that way. Because I walk with them and their families through this remarkable season, I can tell you that that incident in their lives felt like their world was coming to an end. And some of you who are listening to me right now, you can fill in the blank with your own experiences and you can say amen to the point that when bad stuff happens in your life, it feels like the world is coming to an end. 
So here's a question that I want you to consider as we work through this message today. Since bad things will happen, are you unshakable? You see, what's remarkable about these two mothers that I'm reflecting on, uh, years after that horrendous uh, life-changing event, they are still remarkable Jesus followers. Uh, they're still clear about who they are in the world. And they're still clear about their understanding of God. Are you unshakable? Do you have an interior, an in, a, a, a spirituality on the inside of you so that when you run into bad things in the future, that you, you'll be able not to lose your mind, that you'll be able to still maintain your sense of compass in, in the world? Do you, do you have that? Well, well Whatever these two ladies have that I'm talking about that, that shapes their internal world, it's the same thing that the psalmist has that we're going to talk about in a few moments. That's exactly what you want to have. That's exactly what I want to have in order to be, just type in the chat the word, unshakable. Let's listen to, let's, let me talk about the psalmist just for a moment as we look at what he says in verse 2. The, the, the entire chapter, the, the entire psalm that he's writing is really he's describing how his external world is coming unglued. We don't know who the people are, but there are some pretty mean and powerful people that's coming against him with a vengeance. They are totally dismantling his external world. And yet he's saying to us that while my outside world is falling apart because I've got something, because God has put something deep inside of me, my internal world is intact. And that's keeping me from losing my mind. I'm clear about who God is. I'm clear about who I am. I'm clear about who has the last word in this situation. Listen to what he says. He says, he, God alone, is my rock and my salvation and my fortress where I will never, somebody shout never, type it in the chat, never be shaken. In other words, I'm unshakable even when my outside world is coming unglued. Is that you? Would you like for that to be you? See, here's the deal. We have no control over the future, but we can exercise some control over what we build into our lives to sustain us no matter what the future brings. Now, uh, so here's the deal. Here's the next question I have for you. What do I need for an unshakable life? I love how you ask questions. Fabulous. Come on, type in the chat. What do I need? All right. I want you to look at the same verse uh, in the English Standard Version. It's almost a literal word-for-word uh, -word translation towards the end. Listen to what the psalmist declares. He, God alone, is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. That's a declaration. And here's what he, he goes on to say. I shall not be, here's a word-for-word -word translation, greatly shaken. Can you say greatly shaken? I love this phraseology it, because it allows you to be human. It allows for those two mothers to have known horrendous grief and still, still be what I'm calling unshakable. It allows for those two mothers to have experienced some moments of doubt in the midst of their grief and still be unshakable. It, 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 it allows for those two mothers to, 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 to have gone through a season where, 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 where they were numb to life and still be unshakable. 
See, notice the word greatly here. Come on, everybody shout greatly. Come on, type it in chat, greatly. Uh, the Hebrew behind the word greatly means too much or beyond a certain point. And notice the word shaken. The Hebrew behind the word shaken means to be toppled or to fall. And here's what the here's what here's what the psalmist is declaring. I got my outside world is coming unglued. I'm feeling it on the inside, and guess what? Uh, I can be shaken, but only to a point. I I I I, I can. I, my grief is going. It will take me to a point. My, my my fear will take me to a point. My pain will take me to a point. But when I come to that point, that's when I will be unshakable. Well, how do you describe? He's really kind of talking about his faith, right? It's the same kind of faith that these two mothers that I'm thinking about that they actually have. How do you describe something like that? Because make it a little clearer. Since you're talking here. All right. Uh, The kind of faith he's describing is what I call a palm tree faith. Can, can, Can you just say palm tree faith? Go ahead. Type that into the chat. A palm tree faith. Here's what I mean. Uh. I was told the other day that Pastor Joel Osteen shared a story a number of months ago about the days of Hurricane Hugo in Houston. You know, his ministry, huge ministry in Houston, and, and Hugo was in a terrible hurricane that came through there. I think it was in 2017. Left devastation, destruction behind. And uh, Pastor Joel Osteen was describing that after it was all said and done, he was passing, he was going through the city, looking at all the horrible destruction and the flood and all that kind of stuff. And he noticed all these huge trees that were that the that the hurricane literally just snapped like 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 breaking twigs in your hand. They would just snap. He talked about some of them were oak trees and some of them were pine trees, and he just goes on to describe them. He says, but to his shock and dismay, he came across uh, a palm tree that was standing straight up. And thereafter, every time he noticed, every time he saw a palm tree, it was standing straight up. It wasn't broken. He went back to do a little research. Why is it that the palm tree remains standing when all these other strong trees have been broken? What is it? And he discovered in his research that God has shaped the palm tree in such a way that it is actually able to bend in the midst of hurricane winds and not break. Look, here's a great picture here. You see them being stretched and being bent. As a matter of fact, the anatomy of the palm tree is such such that in some cases, uh, as you can see them bending about like this, but in some cases, imagine these here uh, bending all the way down to the ground. And he says, the hurricane winds can keep them in that posture for six or seven hours. But after the hurricane passes by, uh, not, over, not, not in a split second, uh, not in a few minutes, but it'll take a little while. But as the sun comes out and as the days pass by, those trees that were bent all the way down find the capacity to bounce back and stand straight up. As I was thinking about this, I, I just imagine uh, the conversation that must be going on internally when a palm tree is trapped in a hurricane Hugo. 
I, I can imagine it was bent down and you can almost hear the palm tree crying out. I don't know how much more of this I can take. I, I feel like I'm about to break. I, 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 this is, pain is beyond bearable. But then the hurricane passed and the sun comes out and slowly I can see that palm tree begin to make its way back up in the midst of the sun and on some given day the palm tree turns around and looks around and he declares in the aftermath of Hurricane Hugo, I'm still standing. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's, that's the point that God has in mind when in Psalms 92 he describes uh, the people of faith like this. He says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees. That, that, that God is saying that I want to build something down on the inside of your spiritual analogy, uh, 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 your, your, your anatomy so that when the worst hurricane in your life sweeps across like for these two mothers when the unbearable and the unimaginable sweeps across your life and bends you over come on uh, you'll find yourself bending but at the end of it all somewhere along the line like these two mothers would declare today uh, when the hurricane passed you'll be able to declare I'm still standing. I know that there's somebody listening to me today that, that can say amen to this testimony. That, 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 that after the chemo treatment, you declare, I'm still standing. After the, the divorce, about a year after the divorce, that you thought were going to wipe you out, you can declare today, I'm still standing. That, that after the business collapsed, and, but your hope remained intact, you can declare today, I'm still standing. I, I, I know that there's somebody watching me today that can say amen. I know that somebody watching me. If you're still standing, just raise your hand in the air. Just, just wave it, just declare, type in the chat, I'm still standing. I hope you catch the point, right? To be unshakable does not mean unbendable. It simply means unbreakable. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point that those two mothers, that they were bent down to the point. But there is a point over which they would not go. They were not Breakable. That's what the psalmist is declaring, that life has me bent over, but there's a point over which it cannot push, for I am unbreakable. And what's remarkable about those, those palm trees is that every time they go through a storm like that and come back up, their root system gets stronger and more firm and more solid. If I had those two ladies, those two mothers in here that I was talking, that I'm talking about, if you would ask them to describe their faith, they would, they would tell you that having lived through those horrendous experiences that they wouldn't wish on their enemy, what they now know about God has caused their faith, the rootage of, of who they are on the inside to be stronger, to be more firm. Well, I know you're dying to ask, well, what is this palm tree faith? How do, I, how do I get this palm tree faith? Well, here it is. A palm tree faith is a faith that trusts deeply 
faith to trust is deeply in what do you does it trust deeply in the hand of God the, the ability to get God to act on your behalf no uh, is it a faith that is expressed in the wishful thinking that says well if I just live long enough things will work itself out I guarantee you those mothers would come in here and declare no is it is it a faith that just has some kind of some kind of infinite belief in the evolutionary prospects of human morality that 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 humanity is just destined to get better and just just hang in there they would absolutely say no they would say that they have a palm tree faith that that allows them to bend but not be broken because they have a faith they have a trust that is deeply embedded here it is in God's character in God's character in who he is they declare I know him and there's three things that they know about God's character the first thing they know about God's character that they, that they affirm, even while they went through the most horrible horror, was that they knew, they agreed with the psalmist when the psalmist declared, taste and see, God is good. They would tell you they have learned that life is not always good. They, you know, there's some people that they've known that is certainly not good. There's some evil people who shoot down people in cold blood. But, but none of that changes the fact that God is good. Can you type that in the chat? God is good. That, that when you're going through a storm, that, that the, your ability to hold on to the reality that God is, life isn't good, but God is good. The second thing that they know that, um, that, uh, that defines this palm tree faith that they live out is that God is able. God is able. Listen, they, they, they agree with Paul who went through being shipwrecked and beaten and in jail. The apostle Paul in the New Testament. And yet he would write that the God that he served through Jesus Christ was a God who was able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could even ask or imagine. And so even after they've lost their own kids, today you can still find them praying for sick people that God would heal them, praying for the divine protection of God over young people that's still moving through difficult neighborhoods. Why? How? How do you have that kind of faith? They say because we've never lost sight of the fact that God remains able. Type that in the chat. God is able. And then this last piece, they, they know that God is for me. God is for me. And they believe the words that God speaks to the prophet Isaiah. I've loved you with an everlasting love. They believe the words that Paul articulates uh, towards the end of chapter 8 of Romans. That nothing can separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ. They, 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 they believe the word that Paul writes a little earlier when he says that if God didn't withhold his own son Jesus in order to facilitate our salvation, then surely, come on now, there's nothing that he will, hold, will withhold from us because at the end of the day, if God be for you, who can be against you? They would declare that in their worst moment they still held on to the belief that God is for me.
Or if you'd ask them, they would say, listen, we don't understand a lot of stuff. You know, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. There's some stuff we're going to have to wait till we see him face to face to figure out. But these three things we know, God is good, God is able, God is for me. Come on, they would declare weeping. They say, we know this from experience. Weeping may endure for the night, but there will come a morning that joy comes. Why? Because God is good. God is able and God is what? For me. Type that in the chat. God is for me. You know, one of my favorite stories that illustrates this in a powerful way. Can you say palm tree faith? It's really the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. You know, the the nation of Israel has collapsed. The nation of Judah has collapsed. Jerusalem has been overrun by the Babylonians. Folk have been exiled out of Jerusalem into the territories of Babylonian, the the Babylonian Empire. People from all these different countries and kingdoms and so forth and so on. And four young men came along. One was named Daniel. The other one, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Chapter 3 talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in particular. And if you look closely, you'll see that they have the same kind of faith that the psalmist that we're reading about has and that these two mothers that I'm talking about has, a palm tree faith. Listen, here's the deal. The king has a statue built, 90 feet tall, 90 feet wide. We don't know whether it was a, was it a statue of himself or was it simply a statue depicting his great accomplishment, his greatness. But at the end of the day, we, here's what... Uh, we do know he commanded by law that everybody would bow down when the music would play and pay homage to that statue, to worship that false god. And when the music played, everybody did, except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They remained standing. And so he called them over and threatened them. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 62, this is what he's talking about. He said, man, I got some people coming against me. They're threatening my life. Well, this is what Nebuchadnezzar was doing. He was threatening these three young men. He says, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. And when you hear the music, the orchestra and all that stuff happen, you see people bow to worship, you better bow. And I love how these young men respond. Really, it starts in verse 15 when they say, oh, king, we will not be careful to answer you in this matter. Uh, the New in- International Version says, oh, king, we, we won't even try to defend ourselves. In other words, listen, king, we're guilty. We're guilty as charged. We, we refuse to obey your command because we report to a higher authority. And we're Jews. And, 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 and at the heart of our law, there is a law that declares that, uh, behold, old Israel, there is only one God and him alone. So you worship. The king is shocked by this remarkable dialogue. And, and he essentially says, listen, guys. <laughs> I, I, I know you're holding powerful positions in my court, uh, but I'm going to give you another chance. And if you don't, uh, I'm having the fiery furnace heated up seven times hotter. And we're going to throw you in there and, and let's see how, how powerful your God is. It is at that point that their palm tree faith begins to emerge in this moment. And, and you can see, you can at least glean, if you will, uh, the, the, the notion, the details of, of what they ultimately believe, even as they are standing facing their external lives coming apart. And yet, and yet you can see, he, 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 they say, well, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, uh, sir, the God whom 
we serve. Come on now. Can you type in the chat, serve? You see, the God who we serve. They, these are Jewish young men. I'm sure that when they said we serve, they tapped the history of Judaism, right? They, they said the God that we serve is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on. Of, 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 of Sarah and, and Rebecca and, 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 and the great uh, matriots of our people. The God that, 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 that we serve is the God that brought us out of slavery after 400 plus years in Egypt. The God that we serve, come on now, carry us through a wilderness and, and despite the destruction of Jerusalem, he took us, uh, uh, two foreign immigrated, three foreign immigrated young men and he has exalted us into high places in what you call your government. But you just don't know that your government, government is his government. He is good. And secondly, he is able, sir. We're convinced whether he answers our prayer or not. Watch this next text. He says, he's able to save us and, and we believe he's going to rescue us. That's like the person said, he's able to heal and I think he's going to heal me. That's the person who says, he's able to, to, to turn, turn my marriage around and I actually think he's going to turn my marriage around. He's able to keep my business from going and I actually think he's going to be a way out of nowhere. But watch what he says. The next verse, he says, uh, a king, and uh, we, 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 we're convinced of this, but, can somebody shout, but, can you type but in the chat, but, 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 even if he doesn't, if those mothers were here, they would tell you, they would tell you that, that they, 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 they have learned to have a, even if he doesn't, we still will declare he's good, we still will declare he's able, we still will declare that he is for me and not against me even if he do you have an even you've got to have a even if he doesn't kind, kind of faith how do I have an even if he doesn't kind of faith you've got to trust his character you got to know his character we want to make it clear to you sir we're unshakable there's a point that you can bend us beyond which we will not break unshakable now, how do I build this right that's the question right in the last few moments how do I build a faith that trusts us deeply like this well there's some practices I want to challenge you it begins with a commitment to God and seeking God and engaging God and inside that commitment the first thing I want to challenge you to do you know what you need to do and, and these mothers that I'm talking about they do what I'm suggesting that you should do you need to be connected to our weekly worship to a weekly worship service and when you hear the singing don't just watch it sing along that's why we put the words there because when you hear us singing bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is in him bless his holy name when you hear us singing that, that, that God is a way maker and a promise keeper a light in darkness when you sing that you internalize that in your spirit and when you need it three weeks later when you're up in, against a horrendous period a, a problem a challenge and your outside world is coming apart you'll be shocked at how God will drop that melody and drop those words in your spirit to give you a palm tree faith so sing with us right engage in the learning process in other words don't just come listen to me teach show up with your ipad or your notebook and, and so you can start taking notes why because second thing is you've got to 
practice what you're learning. I'm going to always teach messages that says, here's the what, here's the how. I'm going to have a response to the message at the end, which is your opportunity to make a commitment. Because Rick Warren is correct when he says, we become what we commit to. You don't just, you know, a, 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 a palm tree faith doesn't just grow like weeds. It starts with a commitment. Not that I'm going to be flawless, God, but I'm going to be imperfectly yours. Make the commitment, right? Practice what you learn. And then then, then immerse yourself in the stories of Scripture. The powerful stories of Scripture so you can get God's character worked down inside of who you are. Come on now. Walk through the Exodus story with the children of Israel and discover a God who is a deliverer. uh, Not overnight, but over time. Uh, Learn the stories of Ruth and Jonah and Job and get to know God deeper with his character. Walk through the Gospels with the one called Jesus as he makes his way through the streets of Jerusalem and through the, uh, through the desert lands of a Judean, Judean valley and see him as he feeds the hungry and, and see him as he heals the sick and casts out evil uh, uh, and, and then discover that that God in the Hebrew scriptures who reveals himself in that Jesus is present in your living room, is living on the margins of your life and is merely waiting for you to open your heart and Grant him access to the interior of your life. And then here's the last piece. Stay connected. Shout connected. Stay connected the way we do it here. We got digital small groups. Join a small group. And here's the last deal. Learn to pray without words. And the other day I, I was trying to pray. It was a tough day. I'd been walking with some families going through some really difficult times. I had some administrative stuff that was quite challenging. A, a good friend of mine had just died a few weeks early, and I have got had to prepare for her funeral and preach her funeral. And, I, and then I had to get ready for this message. And, and I just said, I said, Lord, I, I just, I, I, trust, I need to pray. I got myself into a little corner somewhere and so I could start trying to pray and my words and all that stuff. None of that worked. It was just, and then, and then something said, just be quiet. And, and in the quietness, when I clo- stopped talking in what some folk call meditation, I opened up my heart. You know, that meditation comes out of the Christian Judeo tradition, right? David says, in my heart, I have meditated on your word both day and night. Come on now. I opened up my heart and, and, and kept my word silent. And, and, and I realized that the God that I was reaching for was right there in the room with me. And that all I needed to do was just allow my heart to empty. And my heart emptied the insecurities. My heart flowed from that, the uncertainties that flowed, the questions. And as I started to interact with him heart to heart, before before I knew it, some, something started to fill me up on the inside, y'all. And then I discovered that I was right inside the text that I was going to have to preach to y'all today, y'all. Look at verse 1. He says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. In other words, when I hush my words and quiet everything around me, come on now, uh, 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 in the exchange of the invisible, uh, 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 I give him what I got. He gives me who he is. And then out of that silence comes a declaration. Now comes the reality of his salvation. He alone is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. In other words, the psalmist gets filled up with an all-powerful God who declares Come on now, I'm with you and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he stands 
up with a strength, with a palm tree faith, and he declares, I shall not be greatly shaken, despite what's happening in my life. Woo! Praise God. I, let, me, let me end this up. I, as, as, I was, as I was there in that silence, I remembered the, Kathy Puglio, uh, one of the ladies who was a prayer warrior many years ago, said, son, just sit at his feet. And immediately I had an image of Revelations 1.14. And notice what it says. His feet was like bronze glowing in a furnace. And, you know, I've always thought of that text. It always reminds me bronze feet. I got bronze feet, y'all. <laughs> you know, it, reminds me, it reminds me I, I saw a little color in the Jesus. That's a helpful thing. Come on now. To see yourself in the text. But, 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 but then I looked closely uh, glowing in the furnace. And then it hit me. The God that's with me is the same God that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The, the God that's, that's, that, that's, that is walking with me through my fiery furnace is the same God that walked with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through their fiery furnace. Listen to what it says. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were tied up, y'all. They fell. Can somebody shout fail? They fell to the ground. In other words, they were bent. Oh, come on now. And then, uh, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up and in his amazement. He claimed, hey guys, didn't we put three, somebody shout three, three men into the fiery furnace? The answer is absolutely. Well, watch this. The next verse, it says, well, I see, everybody shout four. I see four. In other words, they weren't lying down anymore. Come on now. They had bent to the point of no return. They were bent but not broken. And so palm tree faith, come on now. Here they were standing up in the fiery furnace. And, and we know where they were getting their strength from. They were getting it from the one who was in there with him, who the text says looks like the son of God. Uh, I call it a precarnated experience of Jesus Christ, the one who has bronze feet in the furnace. And, and, and I just can't tell you how empowered I became when I realized this is the God who says to me and to you and to those mothers uh, do not be afraid of the future for I, I have redeemed you I have called you by name you are mine Isaiah 43 and when you walk through deep waters I will be with you when you walk the rivers of troubles they you will not drown because I will be with you and when you walk through the fires of oppression whether they are sociological or political or spiritual Come on now, you will not be burned up for, for the flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I'm the one who walks in the fire with you. That makes you, it makes me unshakable when I know that God walks in the fire with me. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Now, translate this message to the hearts of those who are listening because I know they're desperate to become unshakable. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, popping up on your screen right now is a connection card. And whether you're on the Facebook or the website, you ought to see it. Certainly it's in the app. There's some next steps the first opportunity there for you is to say yes to Jesus. 
You become what you commit. You know, when you get into a committed relationship with God, then all this stuff that I'm starting talking about begins to happen in your life. Make the commitment. And if you need some more information, there's some, you know, some blanks there for you. You might be ready to take the next step and be baptized. If you want to be baptized, we'll figure it out. Those people who were baptized, there was a father that baptized his son. There was a fiancé that baptizes fiancé. We'll figure out how to make sure you can do that safely with us participating by Zoom. You can be baptized. And so, now here's the response to the message I want to chat. I told you, there's always a response to the message. And so, here's the response. I will practice quietness before God. That's my challenge to you. Now, don't just look at that. Make the commitment. Check it. Figure out how to do do what I told you in this thing. Take 10 minutes and get yourself together before God. Keep your words closed. And then here's a reflection question. We're going to give you a reflection question every, every day. Don't just walk out. No, I need you to take. You got to, this is part of practicing and processing. This is how you cultivate, build that heart of faith, right? So here's, here's the reflection question I want you to wrestle with. What's one step you will take to cultivate a palm tree faith? And I'll see you next week. <laughs>